Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back with episode 139 of the Chick Foley Show. We got a slightly new format we're going to debut tonight. Hope you guys like the uh, the leaner and meaner version of the show. But before anything else, let me start by introducing our two stars. Sheena, how you doing? Doing good, man. I'm excited about the new format, and we just got some like breaking news before the show, so I'm excited to dive into that a little bit as we go through the show um, and talk about some immediate reactions. So yeah, it's going to be a good night. And Marco, how's life up in Massachusetts? Good, good. As you can see, I'm uh, in the process of working on my uh, little fig room here. It looks um, good, man. If, it does yeah, look if good. You look behind me, it's not the only thing that's really in order right now is the uh, AEW shelf that I got going. But as far as the WWE, it's a little bit of mess right now. As as uh, I mean, maybe it's pretty telling <laughs> of what's going on. So. If what's going on? Hey, if, if that if your figure display is any um, you know indication of what's going on over there, it's, it looks like it's going pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's um, I remember when we moved in, it was like our stuff was in tubs for weeks, dude. So you're you're doing good, Marco. You're doing good. Yeah, art is definitely imitating life. Uh, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me over at Chick Foley on Instagram, Marco Run in the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. And you can join our Foley fam over on Facebook uh, by going to chickfoleyshow.com. We have our best tag teams episode that is dropping next week. We recorded our Royal Rumble 1993 watch along, um, and we'll be dropping that this weekend. So stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, that's where you can find all of us. And of course, Seth never plugs himself, but you can find him. You know, he doesn't post a whole lot. No, 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 no. No, my <laughs> this I, I keep it kayfabe, man. Keep it kayfabe. No, you can find no him government. at heel husband. Yeah, on, at heel uh, husband. Look that up on any social media platform you want. MySpace, <laughs> Friendster, all of them. So mm. yeah, um, uh, Marco, uh, let the listeners know about the Pod Foundation. Oh my God, the Pod Pod Foundation. This is what I equate the Pod Foundation to: the oh greatest boy. collection of wrestling minds since the NWO. Um, the NWO was formed. It changed wrestling. It changed the landscape, and that's what the Pod Foundation is changing the podcast. I should say entertainment landscape. Um, that's right. We have the our we're brothers like, over uh, at yeah, the Turnbuckle Tavern, we're bigger than just podcasts, uh, covering we're everything like indie wrestling. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, including we're the, uh, we're the know, PFU or the Pod Foundation universe. You know, yeah, the Pod Foundation universe. We just we're just a collective. Like beast. I mean, what can you what can you do about it? Nothing. Um, no, but we have a uh, Turnbuckle Tavern. Uh, they cover everything um, in the indie world. Not that AEW is indie, but you know ROH, uh, NWA. Uh, they also cover figures now too, as well. Um, every Friday they have a figure uh, related episode that you might want to check out. Uh, we have Extra Cooler. Our friend Nick um, and Mike over there. They're uh, they talk about the uh, the yesteryear of wrestling. They're going back and just looking at old wrestling matches, and you know like friends do just talking the highs and the lows of all of those matches and stuff like that, which is pretty awesome. And then we have pyramid wrestling, uh, where their figure all figure based, uh, where we, and then you have Chick Foley where we cover everything. Yeah. Um, we bring you a little change bit of the format, but we are going to cover as much as we can right now. So yeah, <laughs> check us out. Yeah, Sheena, uh, Sheena will actually be appearing on the turnbuckle debate, uh, this week. Tell, tell mm. the listeners yeah. what they can look forward to on that one, Sheen. 
So uh, we talked about a few things. We talked about uh, Bray Wyatt. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it, but we did talk about Bray Wyatt. We talked about Bret Hart, and we talked about Adam Cole, Bay Bay. So mm. definitely check into at Pod Foundation or follow them over at Turnbuckle Tavern, and you'll know when the episode goes live. Obviously, we'll post it and post links to everything as well. But it was a super fun conversation. I love joining those guys in the tavern. There are tons of fun. You know, the two bad Chads and Thomas, uh, the OG Fig Kid, the staple of the Turnbuckle Tavern. Uh, you know, so. So it's always a good time at the tavern. Yeah. And as we mentioned a couple of times, uh, it is going to be a slightly different version of the Chick Foley show uh, that you guys hear this week. Um, if you've been keeping an eye on the episode links, you know, we've been going either two hours or, or you know, close to two hours for really the last three or four months. And, um, you know, when Sheena first kind of conceptualized this thing, she had a uh, an idea that, you know, there's a lot of really long wrestling podcasts out there, which is awesome. But we wanted to be something a little bit different and try to keep it around like 45 minutes. I think originally she said she wanted to have it about 35 minutes <laughs> yeah. a week. I think that's impossible, um, yeah. especially nowadays yeah, with how much now. is going that was, on. That was before AEW <laughs> was born. Like that was like yeah. it was just going to be strictly covering WWE. That was before the days of, of AEW. And yeah, the thing about it is, is there's so many good wrestling podcasts out there, too. We want to leave you guys time in your week to be able to check everybody out you know again mm. especially our pod foundation brothers we don't want to you know uh, capitalize on all your time even though we feel like you know we we have a lot of great things to say but we want you guys to be able to check out everybody else as well so we're definitely working on tightening this thing up so you can enjoy it on your commute to and yeah from so we think work. we uh mm-hmm. we think we kind of trimmed a little bit of the fat off the show uh again it's going to be a leaner meaner version Give us some feedback. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, the other bonus of that is that when it's not two hours, it makes it really easy to do video and get that uploaded to YouTube. So starting this week, mm-hmm. every episode of the Chick Foley Show will be going live on YouTube uh, within 24 hours of release. You know, we'll, we'll try to get it synced up as much as possible um, with the the audio version, but. Um, but yeah, you know, we're still ironing out the kinks. So we'll see how it goes this week. And uh, <laughs> we will we'll constantly evolve. But, you know, look, you can now see, you know, the beer cans of all the different craft beers. Yeah, we get to the see these mugs. Yeah, we can show off some figs during the um, <laughs> during the weekly purchases and for the giveaways and stuff. But yeah, there will now be a visual component of the, uh, the Chick Foley Show podcast that you guys have uh, grown to love over the last two years. So again, give us the feedback. We're always open to it, positive and negative. Let us know what you think. And we'll continue to try to give you guys exactly what you're looking for uh, from the show. Sheen, you ready to give away some figures? Oh yeah, always. All right, so our good friend Toy Snobs came through with a collaboration with the premium Foley fam in our Facebook group. Again, you can join at chickfoleyshow.com because there's going to be more on the way and drop some really, really awesome uh, wrestling buddies. You know, he calls them Toy Snobs buddies. But they're two scale with the wrestling buddies, premium material. We've got a few of them already. And uh, he dropped a three pack on us that was just incredible. And as a way to show appreciation for everybody that supported this release, um, we wanted to give away a uh, ultimate edition John Cena, uh, just basically anybody that bought one of the buddies. So thanks to everybody that supported. Toy Snobs was really happy with the support. There's going to be more on the way. You guys know that name that we talked about. Again, you guys, we just we got to be cryptic because this release is, is super hot. So you guys will see yeah. the product here in a few weeks when it comes out. But we really don't want to share anything about it until the product is in hand because, uh, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's got cease and desist written all over it uh, if somebody <laughs> could see what's dropping. But it oh, is no. really, really cool. <laughs> um, Machine, you ready to give this thing away? Let's do it. All right. I'll hit the drum roll.
John Swallow, you are the winner of the dun, Ultimate dun, Edition. Dun. John Cena, <laughs> our buddy John Swallow from the Coming Down the Aisle podcast. Dude, hit us up. Let us know, um, you know, what your address is, and we will get this out. I got his you. address. He just needs to hit me up. Let me let, let me know if he wants it uh, loose or MOC. Me and John have done uh, we've done a lot of business, business over the years. Yeah, yeah. But we love J Bone. Awesome podcast. He's got a hell of a uh, Macho Man impersonation, and yeah, congrats. He's got a lot of good impersonations. He's a he's a character. We love 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 J Bone. Oh yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep the giveaways rolling and go ahead and announce our next one. We're going to be giving away top picks, Drew McIntyre. Oh, yeah. Really cool figure. Oh, yeah. um, obviously, we've gotten this Drew released uh, in a lot of similar looks over the last year or so, but you can never have enough Drew McIntyres. Let's be real. So yeah. um, this one's going to be super easy. All you got to do is screenshot uh, yourself listening to this week's show and send it to either Sheena on Instagram or Marco on Twitter, and you'll be entered, and we will announce the winner during our housekeeping segment next week. Um, as always, we want to remind you guys to use code Chick Foley at ringsidecollectibles.com for all your figure purchases. And you guys ready to get into it? Let's, Let's roll. It. I miss that music. So from now on, on the Chick Foley show, we'll be leading off with the story of the week. We're going to go, uh, you know, kind of long form on one topic instead of trying to cram in every bit of wrestling news throughout the week. <laughs> Sheena's got the lantern going. <laughs> so obviously the big story this week oh, is that Bray Wyatt has been released by the WWE. Um, to say that, you know, all of our jaws collectively dropped when we saw this news, I think it was, yeah. was the last Saturday afternoon when it dropped, right? Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, yes. that, that would be an it's understatement. It's in the middle of a random weekend, you know? Yeah, just, yeah. I was it. blown away. The the kind of rumblings on social media was that, that Bray was in preps of of making his big comeback, but it was not meant to be. Uh, just with little fanfare, just the standard WWE tweet. They wished him well in his future endeavors. They picked a horrible picture of him. They grabbed a picture that looked like he was about you know thirty yeah. pounds heavier than he is right now. Yeah. It was from kind of like the the weakest part of like yeah. Bray Wyatt's run in WWE like looked like it was from maybe mid 2016 or something yeah um yeah. I don't know why we couldn't show him as the fiend or show him with the the world championship but hey we know how WWE treats most of their people on the way out the yeah door. I'm sure his I'm sure his garbage bag is on the way <laughs> do you think it'd have to be a big ass uh, garbage bag you know you'd have <laughs> to have true. the fiend all the fiends gear the you know the remnants of the Firefly Funhouse the yeah the scrap wood from uh from Sister Abigail's house that Randy Orton yeah. burned down they could probably sell that for pretty good money you know and recoup yeah, some true. of it um yeah a lot a lot of stuff goes with uh with Bray Wyatt but. But he's gone. Uh, Marco, I'm going to tee it up to you first, man. What was your initial reaction when you saw this news come through? Um, same as everyone, just shocked. that. Uh, I mean, shocked in a way that was just like, you know, I think we talked about this before where, you know, obviously like when Braun Strowman got released, we were like, holy crap. Um, that's what that, that's a big name to drop. And then, you know, yeah. the, the rumblings were, you know, don't be surprised if you hear another big name get released. And uh, I think that was it. That was uh, Bray Wyatt was it. I mean – Featured prominently on Raw, he's pretty much on for all the years. ads for years, for seven years. years. Or it's been almost eight years since he's been on the main 2013 roster. Yeah, when he came yeah. in, eight eight remember his face, yeah, his face is like plastered all over uh, the Super Bowl when they were doing running the SmackDown promos during the Super Bowl. Like he was in the commercials, they were doing those weird things where you'd be watching just like a commercial and his face would just flash and yeah. stuff like that. And people were just top like, what selling the hell? merch yeah, just, seller for like WWE for I mean. Yeah. 
forever, you know? Just, yeah, I, it's, I mean, it, it's never, obviously, with business, it's never personal. It's always business. And I don't think they, you know, sent him on his way because, you know, they hated his guts. Um, you know, this, we've been, we were talking about this a little bit before. There's definitely something big happening in the company mm-hmm. for them to do right. this. And I think they're just trying to, you know, trim trim some stuff here and there. So, you know, it looks but prim I mean, and proper. The, I, for I feel they like do. there was a million other avenues that they could have trimmed before that. You know, the the word is that it was like budgetary and all this stuff. Yeah. But it just, to me, that's just a cop out. I don't feel like that is legit what is going on. Like, I can't imagine in any world. I, I know there's rumors out there that Nick Khan is just like, he doesn't care. Like, he's just looking at the Excel spreadsheet or whatever the hell. Oh, I believe and, like, it. Whoever's <laughs> at the top, he's like, chop it off. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I just we're going to think about the amount of merch he moved, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly. what makes me question the budget thing. Cause, yeah. I mean, it, even whatever he was making, I feel like they had to be recouping that in, um, in just merch. I mean, they were selling what, like those belts they were selling were going for like six thousand bucks, you know. And he's he's always been had a, had a lot of uh, merch on the shelves and stuff for people to buy. And not even just that, he's a draw. I mean, I know this year has been an exception because you know nowhere's been allowed to have crowds and fans and stuff like that. But he is a draw yeah. for people to come see. He's an attraction. You know, you want to see. Bray Wyatt, you want to see the fiend, and he puts butts in seats, and it just it blows me away that they're finally we're finally back in a position where WWE can have fans in the house, and after all of this, they're going to strip the fiend away and just like like he never. And I wonder how they're even going to address it. Like he just never even happened. I mean, he hasn't been on TV since WrestleMania, but we've had Alexa there, kind of like with little remnants of like fiendism. Yeah, she, you know? uh, she absorbed all his power, so yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we don't need the fiend anymore. We got Alexa Bliss. Yeah, no, I mean, not as not as captivating as as Bray. Not not nothing against Alexa Bliss, but you can tell Bray Wyatt's definitely a uh, a thespian when it comes to you know just like acting and stuff like that. Even like the the directors, he was working with like pretty much like Hollywood directors when he was doing like the Firefly Funhouse segments, and they were saying like. You know, just working with him, he had obviously had so many ideas and he knew what he yeah. like, wanted with the character and how the character was portrayed and stuff like that. And and some of the rumors I was reading was that was one of the cases was he was super protective of of the Fiend character, of the Bray Wyatt character. And um, it, 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 some things I read was like basically like WWE and the writers would send him stuff and he would basically reject it. Saying mm. it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't what the fiend would do or what and he would do. And I kind of believe that it's it's probably not, yeah. you know, out of the ballpark at all. But I, I think he I think he did probably get, you know, very protective of, of the fiend characters. If you look at it, we like what were they doing with with the fiend? like they set him on fire and then doing all these like crazy things with them. Like, they do you think Alexa he initially Bliss, wanted to do stuff uh, like that? Like, yeah, they had Alexa Bliss shooting uh, Castrol out of her forehead at WrestleMania. Yeah, you like, know, right before he took an RKO. You, you can only take well, so much. Kind when, of a- yeah, you know, we I, I won't, you know, uh, talk about it or disclose everything that we talked about on the turnbuckle debate, but that was one of the points that I had is I feel like, you know, everybody thinks that, you know, he wasn't used properly or booked properly. And I feel like, you know, they did give him a lot of creative control with his storylines and stuff. And yep. I feel like sometimes he's such an artist and such a creative genius that yeah. maybe there were limitations to what they could present on live television. You know what I mean? So it never and, came off as, 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 as what his vision would be. It never was fully realized because there's on, there's limitations to what they can shoot, where they can shoot, how they can shoot and still make yeah. it with a live audience and all of this stuff. I feel like maybe his vision was bigger than what the, the company was able to, provide you know um and sometimes maybe that's why it fell a little bit flat because we would see glimmers of it and we would be like oh my god this is like creative genius and then somewhere along the way 
it would lose a little something, you know? And I think that's where, you know, the, the rubber met the road where it was like, mm, well, we can't really go any further in this direction, you know, so we're going to have to go this way. And I think that's kind of where sometimes there was a disconnect with the fans, you know? Yeah, well, you can, in, you, in WWE's defense, they also still had to find a way to make this character exist in a world with Roman Reigns and yeah. with Seth Rollins, yeah. where eventually the bell is going to ring and you're going to wrestle somebody and try to hold them down on the mat for three seconds to win, you know, yeah. a piece of leather with some gold on well, it. Well, I mean, so. they did it with Undertaker for 30 years. You think they would have enough practice? You know what exactly. I mean? So yeah, I feel like it evolved. As the crazy as Undertaker was, I don't know if he was ever as far out there as Bray Wyatt was. And in Bray's in Bray's defense, you know, he was existing in a time where cinematic matches were a possibility. That really wasn't a thing during the Undertaker's time. So I think Undertaker was actually a little bit more limited than Bray yeah. was, but he That's was always true. a challenging character. Cause you, again, it's an, it's an entertainment product, but it's presented as an athletic competition. And why well, is this feed monster guy, you know, we'll trying see, to win the belt? This, this is where you get WWE confused. They are more entertainment than they are the sports aspect right. of wrestling. Yeah. So, you know, they, that's, that's right up there, up there alley, a fiend, uh, like the, the fiend. And yeah. um, I think another thing too, is I noticed, uh, actually just kind of touched on this where, you know, his, his character did get scaled back a lot. If you notice mm -hmm. like the earlier firefly fun houses, they're, they're way out there. Like, they're yeah. like flashing. They're talking about like rep, the reptilians and all the conspiracy stuff, and, like, yeah. and, that, and that stuff got like. If you notice, that stuff got removed. Like he didn't do yeah. any of that stuff anymore. Like yeah. that was the stuff that was captivating. Like he was actually yeah. well, he was getting away with saying these things on television. Yeah. Vince McMahon puppet and everything. Yeah, and yeah, then the even in the, in the in the ring, think about it. At Hell in the Cell 2019, he took like 13 curb stomps. And then oh, it was God. less than six months later, one jackhammer put him down for a three count. You know, so. yeah, yeah. That, was, that I, was I think you nailed it, Sheen. It. It, there was a lot of just up and down, and it was just so it made it difficult to really invest all the way as a fan, no matter how compelling. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Bray might have been in the segments. And not um, to mention that WWE had already given Bray the storied history of never winning the big matches. So you were already yeah. like buying into like, okay, well, we're going to buy into this because every time we get so super hype about Bray, he has a, such an amazing storyline. Like they build him and build yep. him and build him and then he loses. He loses. He and loses, it's just yep. such a freaking buzzkill and it like pulls the rug out from under you and it makes you not want to like root for him again, you know, because you're like, yeah. I'm just going to get my heart broken again. So we kind of, I think there was always a little bit of that with the fiend, you always had that like guarded heart just a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think the other problem with that. So I don't think anybody that ever feuded with Bray was better off afterwards. Cause like you said, they might end up winning like the big blow off match of the feud, but it never felt earned. You know, it felt like yeah. when Bray would lose, it felt like it was a swerve just for a swerve sake. And it just left the fans feeling more confused. So, you know, yeah. look at Daniel Bryan, Seth, um, even like the Miz, even Undertaker to some extent when he had that feud yeah. at the end of 2015 at Survivor Series, it just it, it was always kind of just weird with uh with Bray. Well, I, I think too, like it depends on the opponent that he has. Like you, you not not any anything against any of the people you just mentioned, but you take a guy like Randy Orton, right? That can right. actually like kind of like maneuver in that type of world that Bray. Obviously, they had that history of being SmackDown tag team champions and him joining the Wyatt family and all that stuff, but like. He for some reason he was able to like be in that world with the fiend and 
be able to well, have he like, hears voices. Like, payoff. Yeah, yeah he, that's he, true. He, he heard voices. Like maybe if like like Seth Rollins or Daniel Bryan had that type of like element where they, you know, obviously they didn't, they're not going to hear voices, but they had that element where they just like, <laughs> you know, went off the went off the deep end just a little bit, kind of like how they did with the Hell in a Cell match that you know the infamous. Uh, Hell in a Cell match yeah, with Seth, Seth Rollins and uh, like that was like yeah. the that that would have been like a good cool point where like you know Seth kind of went off the deep end and you know tried to kill the fiend but they never uh, people obviously the internet got a hold of it and ruined yeah. that whole thing so I think they could have well, you know, yeah something that uh something that I never really understood either and I think it really hurt Bray's character is because he was a main event act so he was always in the picture with someone trying to get the title whether it was you know um freaking uh. The Shield or, you know, uh, John Cena. He was always yep. in the Roman Reigns, like always in the the spotlight. And I never got gathered from him with either version of his character, you know, the cult leader Bray Wyatt or The Fiend, that he would be a guy that would want to win the highest prize exactly. to represent the very thing that he stands against. You know, he yes. took John Cena down because, you know, he was a false idol. And, you know, he just, he had these fans that worshipped him. And, you know, they didn't really understand that he was just a phony. And yeah. he's like the man against the machine. So it, it always kind of struck me as odd that he would want to like be a champion. And I think that kind of draws away from, you know, when, when you have somebody like Seth Rollins, it's like, I want to be a title holder. I want to be the champion. I want to be the yeah. best in the world. Bray was never that he was never like, I want to be the best in the world. I'm the best yeah. fighter in the world. Like it was just, I'm going to take you down, but then there's this title that's involved. And I feel like that kind of mucks things up a little bit, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. With All right. That. There is one obvious choice, but I still got to ask the question. Sheena, where do you want to see Bray end up next? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the obvious choice is AEW. I feel like he's a really good fit there. I mean, they just did. They just got Malachi Black, which, uh, you know, formerly Alistair Black, um, yep. which he's kind of got a paranormal thing going on right now, too. So I don't know how much mm -hmm. is too much, you know, but I feel like if he's going to flourish anywhere, I feel like AEW, they have the money, they have the, you know, the time to invest. So I feel like, you know, uh, him going down to like impact or somewhere like that, again, he, he requires a lot of production to yeah. put on the type of, you know, shows that he needs. Yeah. So he needs somebody with deep pockets. So AEW for me is the is the obvious choice. Yeah, mm. if I'm Tony Khan, I'm back in the Brinks truck up and not only am I signing Bray, I'm signing his buddies. I'm bringing Braun Strowman and Eric Rowan in and we are yeah. reuniting the uh, the Wyatt family. If you see, Bray's been tweeting and posting on IG about, you know, the cult of Wyndham. That's what he's been calling it. Um, the other great thing about Bray Wyatt is that he's one of the few wrestlers that his shoot name is actually better than his in-ring name because, yeah. uh, you know, he's named after his, uh, I can't remember if he's like brother-in-law or cousin or whatever, but Barry Wyndham is uh, related to them. And obviously, you know, we know the yeah. Rotunda family has a great history in wrestling. So Wyndham Rotunda, yeah. that's Bray's real name for those who don't know. That's yeah. that's a great, that's a, that's a main event name. ring that's name right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you bring yep. in the cult of Wyndham with those three guys just running roughshod over AEW. And we've mentioned it before talking about Braun. Um, you know, the the big guys like that, they're really going to stand out against some of the uh, the smaller size combatants in AEW. Hangman mm -hmm, Page yeah. obviously just took a major loss last week. It all um all indications are that he's actually you know going on pause for a little bit um, before he makes his final run at the AEW title. So there's a main event slot opened up. Let's see Bray and Eric and Braun show up and uh, and wreck havoc on Dynamite. I think that'd be pretty badass. Yes. Yeah. Um, see, I, I would. I kind of think he should head on over to New Japan if he wants to get really zany and crazy because he can 
he could do some stuff over there that he wouldn't be able to do on AEW, um, off in Impact as well. Um, I think he could definitely, you know, get his creative juices flowing over in uh, New Japan, uh, especially with. Uh, I mean, if he if you ever watch anything in New Japan, any of their like the 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 stuff that they do, like the behind the scenes stuff, or like the the um any of the video packages that they do and stuff like that. Um, I think he, I think he flourish over there. His character. I'm not sure if he'd bring like the whole, you know, the whole group over there with um, Braun Strowman and everyone. But uh, I think just by himself, just to establish himself, um, maybe start yeah. there and then head over to AEW where they kind of have that re- forbidden door, or should we say like revolving door between yeah, AEW cool. and uh, New Japan and stuff. But yeah, I think I think it'd be awesome just to see him. I, I actually just want to see him face evil. Something that I talked about um, this week on the on the debate is that the cool thing about is people going like everybody's pissed off that, you know, so many people are going to go to AEW. It's going to get bloated. It's going to get saturated. You know, they're all just old WWE guys or whatever. Well, first should. of all, WWE guys are going to elevate the product. Like there's no doubt yeah. that those guys are going to elevate and you guys are bitching because they're not getting used correctly on wwe tv so why wouldn't you want them to go somewhere where you can actually see them and see them you know flourish to their fullest potential and also you know AEW now has three shows so they have lots of slots to fill right and they're going to get some heavy hitters they're going to put in that friday night 10 o'clock time slot because they want people to watch it if you had bray wyatt on freaking um elevation like people are going to freaking tune in to watch that, even though that's a crappy yeah. time slot, you know? Yep. And also AEW is doing so many collaborations and crossovers with new Japan and impact. It gives those people an opportunity to, you know, flourish in other places too, you know, and, and, and cross worlds with other wrestling, wrestling promotions and whatnot. So yeah. I think it's only good that, you know, AEW is bulking up. Marco, what was your favorite version of Bray Wyatt? You know, we had the cult leader, we had the fiend. We had when he was in the the eaters of worlds with uh, <laughs> with Matt Hardy. We can go Husky yeah. Harris if that you want to go the, back to the, the next Yeah, the leaders of worlds. That's what it was. Uh, the leaders of worlds. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's your favorite version of Bray, man? Oh man, uh, I do. I do love. Uh, I do love cult leader Bray Wyatt, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna go with I'm going to go with Firefly Funhouse uh, Bray only because they gave us probably the single greatest. Uh, visual last year in the uh, Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena. Yeah, I mean everyone loves to you know hop on the boneyard as like the cinematic event. Not in my eyes. I think Firefly Funhouse with John Cena was was the most probably the most captivating thing that WWE's done. In, yeah, in the a, boneyard was cool, but the <laughs> the the storytelling and stuff that happened within the Firefly Funhouse match was just like unparalleled. Yep. Like you've never yeah, seen anything like so that. So many before. Easter eggs. If you go back yeah. and watch it, like just repeat watch it, you'll pick up on different things that you didn't notice before when you watch it. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with Firefly Funhouse Bray, not the Fiend, but the Firefly Funhouse version of Bray. Right. Sheen, what was Bray Wyatt's best match? Mm. I don't know. I think there. I mean, it's weird because like I don't know the technical side of it. Sometimes his matches weren't like the best, but the one that stands out to me is Elimination Chamber uh, 2014 when the Wyatt family went over the Shield. I feel yeah, like that's I agree hundred percent. Yeah, that's just like that's... one of the most memorable matches that that he's had. I feel like yeah, I'll take it a step I mean, farther. I was gonna say the Firefly Funhouse match was you know one of Bray's best things, but you know as far as just like in ring wrestling, it's got to be Elimination Chamber. Yeah, yeah, I think that match against the Shield. I think that's the best six man tag of all time. That match yeah. is just fire, man. That's six guys at 
the peak, you know, it's Seth pre knee injury. Uh, he's just on fire in that match. And Roman's still just a silent badass. Yeah. I, I love that match. That's one you can go back to anytime. And they had a rematch that I think was actually on main event of all things a couple weeks later, which was almost just as good. So yeah, definitely go check out those two matches. Um, Marco, how about you? What's your favorite Bray match? Man, just because I actually just recently watched it, uh, I think it was SummerSlam. It was it, he faced it was Kane in that Inferno match. Oh yeah, it was the, a Ring uh, of Fire match. Yeah, the it Ring of Fire first, match. It was yeah. his first match on pay per view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was SummerSlam actually, 2013. His debut. 2013. Yep. That's what it was. Yep. Um, I actually yeah, watched. Yeah, he it, beat Kane. I, yeah, it was it was awesome and because you talk about fire and stuff like that. I was like, holy crap! Did you know that was I actually watched that match like a couple of nights ago? Um, yeah, yeah. My, my son's like my son was like he. It's probably not a good thing that he likes fire, but he was like so captivated by the what they do like the slams, like a sidewalk slam, and the fire yeah. would shoot up from the sides of the ring. He just like hop up and just like go super close to the screen, like what the and heck? I mean, like, and that goes to show you like what kind of confidence they had in Bray right off the freaking bat. He comes in, confronts mm. Kane, who is a legend in the business, Hall of Famer, um, yep. and then has his first pay per view match against Kane and beats him in a match that is designed for Kane. You know, I mean, granted, he yep. had a little help from the from the Wyatts, but I mean, still, it doesn't matter. Like he came out on top of that match. So, yep. yeah, it definitely goes to show you what kind of just what kind of fiend Bray Wyatt really was <laughs> when he came into the into the biz. Uh, I'll start off the discussion on best figure. Um, we, we've talked about it a few times. Sheena actually posted it on the IG account last week. Elite 28 Bray Wyatt, his first uh, elite. I believe it was his first time in the line figure mm-hmm. for Mattel. Um mm. That was the first elite we had, you know, our Mattel WWE collection is now, you know, over a thousand figures strong. And that's the one that started it off. I was collecting Jack's classic superstars prior to that. Um, our buddy, good friend of the show, actually great friend of the show, the unofficial fourth member of the show, the fig guy, Jordan Wells. He got mm. me and him tickets to meet Bray at access at WrestleMania 31 in San Jose. Awesome. And, uh, I got this figure to get signed and, I got to just have something to get signed. But then once I got it, I was like, damn, dude, these elites really are pretty cool. For whatever reason, I just had it in my mind that the Mattel figures were like too skinny or like I think because I was just mostly seeing the basics on the pegs. I was never really paying much attention to the elites, but I got that figure, had the Hawaiian shirt, the fedora, um, and it was just awesome, man. So that one that that figure's got a very, very special place in my heart because it's a cool figure. And also just for really kind of like what an impact it made Changed on my life. Game, dude. Yeah, I know that sounds kind of dramatic, but like that really did kind of like just start a huge collection that's become a straight up passion of mine. So um, that's one of my top two or three favorite wrestling figures of all time. So I'll say Elite 28 Bray is his best figure. Uh, Marco, how about you? Man, so many figures from him. Uh, I want to I'm going to go with the first. uh the first time in line fiend figure. I think I'm gonna oh, go yeah. with Elite um, seventy seven. Yeah, yeah, mainly because it was like the like the most sought after figure. Yeah. Um after the you know, the first ever appearance of the fiend. And uh the you know, the hype around it was like I mean, just remembered it was pretty insane. Yeah, I think um, it went on like five sets of back orders on yeah. ringside. Like off yeah, the, off it, the yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. Um I actually ended up um gifting one this past christmas to one of my friends because nice. i had an extra one and his son was like a huge yeah, fan of, of the fiend and everything so i ended up like i had an extra one i ended up gifting it to him so like that kind of has like kind of like a sentimental uh value to it but uh yeah no definitely definitely that one there that was the uh that was a cause of a lot of a, a lot of uh controversy um with that figure and stuff like that so yeah 
definitely yeah, going that with period the definitely had some of the best buzz like of anything Mattel's released mm-hmm. in the last few years. Shana, you got anything different or, or is it Yeah. Um I well I'm gonna I was gonna say the Ultimate Edition Fiend is definitely yeah. my uh my favorite just because it does come with exactly. the, the Fiend specific title, um, and then it does come with the little the jacket and whatnot, um, and the extra yep. head. However, since you already said a fiend figure, I'm gonna go with basic. I think it was like 111. Um, it was his Firefly Funhouse look, but it's my favorite yep. Firefly Funhouse look. We had some oh, yeah. elites come in that look, but I feel like the definitive Firefly Funhouse was basic 111 because it came with the khakis. He had the little, um, you know, shirt underneath his sweater, and it was actually looked- detailing on the upper body. The elites that yeah. came out were yeah. like just like smooth and painted and stuff. Like, yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, no no uh, no shade to our good friends at Ring. Side. They got us the the diorama and all the puppets, but yeah, that basic was definitely the best Firefly Bray. So yeah, yeah, yeah re- you really have a complete collection if you grab uh, those three we talked about: that Elite Seventy Seven Fiend, Elite Twenty Eight Bray, and Firefly Funhouse. So I think yep. you're uh, yep. pretty much all set. Um, so typically with this new segment, we're gonna do one topic and go deep, like we did uh, just now. But there was some late breaking news right before we went on the air. Um, Sheena. Uh, run down that list of releases that happened All right, literally let me, this Friday night. <laughs> let me pull Damn. it up. Okay. So we just got word that there was a huge round of NXT releases. So Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed. Let me say it again. Bronson Reed. We North better American get that freaking elite. Yeah, former North American champion. Action Bronson figure Reed. attack. We know you listen to the show. We need that elite. Make it happen, <laughs> yeah. man. Jake Atlas, Ari Sterling, Kona Reeves, Leon Ruff, Stefan Smith, Tyler Rust, uh, Zachariah Smith, Asher Hale, Giant Zangier, and Mercedes Martinez. Jeez, man. That is brutal. Yeah. What? I just can't. Like, okay, first of all, right before we started recording the show, we saw that Bronson Reed, he tweeted out or uh, posted on his Instagram that he had gotten released from WWE, and our heads just like exploded because I'm so high on Bronson Reed. If you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know we're here for, you know, big dude season, thick boy season. Like, we love Bronson (laughs) Reed. And it just like, I, I cannot understand why WWE feels like they cannot use guys like him it just i was thinking about him on my my home from work today i was literally driving home thinking like huh i wonder if they're gonna like debut him before SummerSlam, or if he's gonna come out like at the event or maybe the raw right after yeah and it's i don't know man he's he's awesome Mm -hmm. man he can talk He's unique, you know, with the, uh, you know, the Kiwi accent yeah. from New Zealand. Yeah, he's awesome over like Rover. People love him. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Bobby Fish, too. That's pretty insane. Yeah. Bobby Fish. Bobby Le- Fish. Leon Ruff. The like the uh the Cinderella story came to crashing. <laughs> yeah, crashing North again. American he was champion, like, man. Yeah, yeah, he was a he was a part of some like a like a, a main storyline in NXT. Too, which is and pretty then we crazy. also yeah. know uh, that Adam Cole's contract's expiring after SummerSlam, so he might be gone too. So, yeah, WWE really heard, got... Yeah, and I've heard w, I've heard that he's rejected several order or um, offers from WWE so far. Yeah. Adam Cole. So I, I I have a bad feeling that yeah, he's go, headed down yeah. too. I mean, I would, he should, yeah. man. He's done everything. I mean, and so you know, let's not bag on WWE all the way. No, they have made yeah. him. It's between him and Johnny Gargano for the best NXT wrestler of all Triple time. Triple H has yeah. made him. Yeah, the, I think we can all agree on that. But what's he really going to yeah. do on the main roster? I don't Nothing. see He's any, not there. any scenario, even with the entire Undisputed Era, I don't think they could beat Roman in like a one-on-four handicap match. It's, no. you know, size. Yeah, you know, no, they're not. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. At a certain point, you know, it's just basic physics, man. Roman's just so much bigger and stronger than those guys. So yeah, he's, I, I think he'd be pet- smart to go to AEW. Obviously, his, you know, longtime girlfriend, Britt Baker, is the number one female on that roster. So his friends are makes right. a lot he's, of got, he's got so many built in storylines there, too, with Kenny yeah, and yeah. Bucks. And, elite, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah. He's, it's, he's it's, in the bull. Yeah. It's, yeah, he should go. I, I mean, if, 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 I mean, it would, it would suck to see him leave, but, um, I mean, I mean, the thing about it is it sucks to see him leave, but the beauty of it is, is we watch it all. So we can still enjoy Adam Cole, you know, it sucked when Dean Ambrose left for, uh, AEW, but how awesome has it been watching Mox evolve and oh, like all yeah, the things that great. he's done in AEW. I've enjoyed you know? the whole so, time. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm here for it all. I think it's going to be great if he ends up going to AEW. Yeah. All right, let's hear from our friends at Turnbuckle Tavern, and then we will debut a brand new segment. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things Indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern. Available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. All right. So this new segment is called the Royal Rumble. Again, like we talked about, we're going to pick one topic each week and go deep on it. But we still wanted to round up the rest of the the news happening in and around the world of wrestling and throw in some fun stuff, too. So what we're going to do, I'm going to tee up Sheena and Marco. They're going to take turns. I got a stopwatch running right around my iPhone. They're going to have 30 seconds. To basically, you know, give their hottest take, man. It, maybe it'll be a mild take. Maybe it'll be a medium take. But they're going to give their take on whatever topic I give them. Um, they got no idea what I'm going to say. They're just going to react. And you guys are going to get their live reaction here on the air. So we'll see how it goes. And, uh, you know, this will be an evolving segment. So, Sheena, you ready to get started? Let's go. All right. Ric Flair has been released from WWE. Is Charlotte next? Well, I really hope that Charlotte is next. I know that sounds ludicrous and crazy because Charlotte has been at the tippy tippy top of WWE since she's came in. She's multi-time title holder. Um, She's a headliner, WrestleMania main eventer. However, AEW needs a boost in their women's division, and I feel like it would be a shock to the system with them down there, and Charlotte would just do nothing but elevate that product. And Mm. I feel like with her and Andrade and Rick down there, they could just be the best heel faction ever. (laughs) <laughs> well done. <laughs> All right. Marco, you're up next. Oh boy. Uh, Roman and Cena and <clears throat> Lashley and Goldberg are now official for SummerSlam. Give us a reason to be excited for both. Oh, I mean, I, I can give you a reason to be excited for Roman Reigns and John Cena, so I'll stick to that. Um, you, you get to see Roman Reigns solidify himself as as the as the head of the WWE, as the as the as the main superstar, once he dethrones John Cena and sets him off into the sunset. Um, as far as Goldberg and Lashley go, I mean, you you can only hope that Lashley just squashes Goldberg and it's a short match. That's that's all I can give you <laughs> for that one. <laughs> all right, uh, we knew this segment was going to be challenging for Marco. You know, he's he's a wordsmith, man. So he uh, he really <laughs> likes to, you know, just Jericho is the man of a thousand holds. Marco's the man of a thousand words. So uh, that was good, though, man. You got it in before the buzzer. All right, Sheena, you're back up. Keith Lee beat Karrion Cross on Monday Night Raw. Where is each guy heading? 
I think Keith Lee is headed to get his garbage bag sooner rather than later. Ouch. I, I feel like, I, not not on my court, I love Keith Lee. I feel like Keith Lee could be a main eventer in WWE, but it has been proven that Vince, there is something that is just missing there. Carrying Cross, I feel like he's headed to just become a joke on Raw. The only reason he's even fighting Keith Lee is because Jeff Hardy tested positive for COVID and they had to pull him off TV. So they had to Damn. dig Keith Lee up out of the freaking Damn. dumpster and put him against Carrying Cross. So hopefully we see them in AEW. Shoot at the hip. So I actually, um, I actually heard, I I read some rumors. You know, Uncle Dave hasn't confirmed this yet, but the rumor with Karrion Cross, the reason they've had him kind of going up and down and struggling on the main roster, they're going to have him keep doing this, like barely getting by. And then when, um, when Scarlet debuts, that's when he's gonna gonna become like the badass. You know, she's gonna be like his power source. So I, I kind of like that as a story. That could be. Cool. I mean, I guess so, but you can't work backwards. You can't like have this guy getting beat every week on Raw, and then all of a sudden be like, "No, he's a badass." Like it's they, not gonna yeah, work they, like that. You know what I mean? They give like, him, right. him the Corbin gimmick where he's like, yeah. out, out of, down <laughs> yeah, on his luck, exactly. And, and he need you know, stop it. All right, all right, Marco, <clears> you're <throat> up next. So we saw Malachi Black squash pretty much squash Cody and then ruin his little like uh you know faux retirement speech after yeah. uh dynamite Almost. give us your thoughts on this segment um I loved it first of all I want to say to anybody oh, that doesn't think Cody Rhodes puts yeah. anyone over oh my that god that match was a prime example of him doing that essentially you can put your thumbs down all you want but he made <laughs> Malachi Black look like the biggest thing that happened to AEW since its inception essentially so yeah i'm going to i'm going to i'm giving i'm giving Cody his flowers before he full retires <laughs> all right i have i have to i have to chime in because you all say right. that you say that freaking Cody gave to, uh, Malachi Black his freaking flowers but no he let Malachi squash him and then he had to get up and do this big production about how he's retiring and took off all his stuff and made like, say a big, like, baby face move and like you know like made everybody feel like oh can't wait to see you back in seven weeks Cody it's gonna yeah, be you great guys are, you guys are killing the gimmick on the first week man 30 uh, seconds sorry. <laughs> sorry. fair point fair point though Sheen I agree Cody's Co- just he's Cody, too much Cody man. Said, Cody's a hot, he's hot button way too extra I've told you guys man Cody he's an eight <laughs> Who presents himself as a ten, which makes him come off as a seven, man. That, that yeah. that's Cody in a nutshell, man. He's he's the modern day Jeff Jarrett. All and right. Again, let's, <laughs> let's, let's preface this by saying we love Cody and what he's done for the business. We always say this every time because I don't like to pe- think people that we're just hating on Cody, but we hate on his in ring character. Beautiful, Cody. beautiful figure right there. Yeah. Cody LJN. Um, all right, Sheena's going. This is our last topic. Sheena. All right. Mashed potatoes or macaroni and cheese? Which is the better starchy carb? Okay. First of all, if I have a choice, I'm going to have both of them on my plate, especially around that's Thanksgiving the right time. Answer. Pi- mashed together. Up. I want mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese. You can mix them up. In I one bite. Care. Yep. In one bite. Yeah. However, there's one that's superior than the other because there's one that can be considered an entire meal all in its own. I don't see anybody mm. just eating a big bowl of mashed potatoes as a meal, but you can certainly just fix yourself a big bowl of macaroni and cheese and call that dinner, right? Um, yep. But that that being said, I love carbs. I love both mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese. All right, so Sheena's riding the fence. I think I'd take mashed potatoes. Marco, quickly, which one you take? Mashed potatoes or mac and cheese? You got to go mac and cheese. It's it's a it's a it's a dinner unto un, itself. You can put it with anything. It can be a side. Yeah, it's a classic. It can be by itself. It's you can add stuff yeah. to it. Breadcrumbs. 
uh, anything. The variety, yeah, the variety is endless. Brown sugar right, on it. Oh man. Oh, let's <laughs> you know, right. can't do that. Great. Mashed potatoes. And uh, let's have a drink. All right, Sheena, what are you drinking tonight? I have had just a long week, you know, just with the kids, long emotional week, and uh, I'm drinking Energize. It is non-boozy, but man, it is giving me the boost I need. It's it's basically it's a pre-workout, but I, I mixed had the it with a, loaded up on the soundboard. I mixed it with a little bit of uh, you know, like those water enhancers. I use like the True Lemonade water enhancers. I put a We're little bit of that in there. I can, I can with hear a little the bit. listeners. Switching podcasts right now. All, all, my sober, right now. all my sober listeners, give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, gotta save us. What are you drinking, man? Um, I'm uh, sipping on a, a WrestleMania 17, as we like to call it. Nice. Uh, yes, AKA Stone Cold Margarita. But that's yeah, right. We save that kind of thing for the uh, the Patreon exclusive episodes when, I we, mean, go, yeah. when we go R rated. That's it's, right. It's been a week. Um, actually, uh, it, it's been actually a day and a night. So my, uh, my wife is been pretty much mia all day she actually worked earlier this morning and then you know stopped by the house to get ready because tonight is a uh, new kids on the block are performing at i saw i didn't know uh, where she Fenway. was going but i saw she was out and about tonight yeah i saw she yeah, was she's, out with yeah, the, she's uh, out. The girlfriends she's with, i'm stuck with the uh yeah. with the uh with the with the squad so Definitely yeah. need a uh, WrestleMania 17 to cap, <laughs> cap the night off. I feel that. Yeah, you've been, with, you've been with the kiddos all day. I feel you. <laughs> nice. I'm drinking a uh, Dogfish Head Sequench Ale. Uh, we talked about this on the pod a couple times. It's really good. It's nice sour beer. Perfect for the summer, but I plan on keeping it in the rotation year round because I love a good sour and it's uh, yeah. you know, it is good. perfect beer. So let's hear from our friends at Pyramid Wrestling before we kick off some figure talk. Check out the Pyramid Wrestling Podcast. Each week, we dive deep into all things wrestling action figures. From AEW Unrivaled, WWE Mattel Elite, our childhood WWF, WCW, ECW collections, and more, you can also find Pyramid Wrestling on YouTube. That's Pyramid Wrestling, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. So say it isn't so, but Go Figure may be dead. Uh, you know, it, it may end up making a resurrection like The Undertaker, but... It's been a segment on literally every episode of the Chick Foley show, but we're finally switching it up. There's just, uh, we talked about it a few times. There's so many players in the wrestling figure game right now, even aside from just Mattel and Jazzwares. Like when Sheena first started the show two years ago, it was literally Mattel. That was it. That's it. Um, Every once once in a blue moon, you get some Funko news, but it was just Mattel. But you got Mattel, Jazzwares, Chella, uh, zombie, zombie sailor toys funko um all kinds of stuff and it's just you know you could there's a few out there that you could make an entire you know two plus hour podcast just on the figure news every week so we're gonna start the figure four where we pick uh you know a few of our top stories of the week and then talk about our weekly purchases and similar to how we did with the bray wyatt story we're just gonna go deep on these so We'll kick it off with talking about the new generation ring project. So again, for those that have, if you've been living under a rock for the last few weeks, this is Mattel's <laughs> first crowdfunded project in the WWE line. Um, you get a, it was originally announced that you get a ring, a diesel ultimate edition and the light up neon entrance stage from, you know, circa 1992 through 1994. Uh, just this week, they announced that, you also get a WrestleMania 10 Macho Man Ultimate Edition that also comes with an announcer set with the table, headsets, and monitors. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty dang cool. Marco, what did you think of the changes with this uh, that were announced this week? 
Yeah, I think it, I think that just uh, up the up the ante on uh on anyone that was naysaying or weren't backing the project right away. I think that I think that definitely boosted it up a little bit. If you if you see, I think earlier today there was like I think up to eight hundred or so eight hundred backers in like a span of a few hours. So um, yeah, I think it's I think just announcing things like that will definitely help out help the cause out. And and I mean Macho Man's a uh, yeah, everyone knows Macho Man. If you I mean. Obviously, Hulk Hogan's a household name, but you know Macho Man. He's he's yeah. He has to be, he's it's between Macho Man and though. I think Ultimate Warrior is like number two all time on the as far yeah. as WWF superstars go. And you get an announcer Macho Man too. You get his uh, you get the whole, you get the table, you get the headset, you get the monitors. I mean, yeah, they yeah they they pulled out all the stops on that one. I'm 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 kind of curious what what else if there's going to be anything else added to this. But those are this, only uh, for early. So you only get yeah. the the announce table and the Macho Man if you back with by the I think it's like the, the, 13th. the August thirteenth. Yeah. So August thirteenth, yeah. you have so to basically back by you then. have till next Friday to uh, to back this thing. It's yes, sitting so, at nineteen twenty eight right now. It did get a big boost. I, it's you know I, I, yeah, I think yeah. it's like hundred since I looked this morning. Yeah, it, it's gotten a lot. Um, we're in on it. You know, we really want this thing to happen because it's going to be such a cool product. In addition mm-hmm. to the fact that yep. if this is a success, it means that we're going to get more stuff like this down the line. Um, yeah. Sheena, it's sitting yep. at nineteen twenty eight with fifteen days left to go. What do you, what are you thinking of its chances? I don't know, man. It's still got a long. It's still got a long way to go, especially because you know. They announced that I, I feel like one of the biggest things that's holding people back from going ahead and just jumping in now is that they're basically giving Mattel an interest free loan until the end of yeah. August with 250 bucks, you know, and well, even they did, though they, they did they, change it, that uh, they changed it, they changed it, but it still puts a pending hold. So they still mm. hold that money. It doesn't swipe it out of your yeah. bank account, but, but it's, it still so it's puts the same it, thing, though. It's yeah. the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So it's not like they just, you know, they're going to charge it once it goes green. Like it's literally holding $250. Yep. Like it's going to show a pending charge in your bank account for mm. two. Two hundred and fifty dollars uh, for the entire time. So that kind of got botched up because I think a lot of people were under the the idea that once they said like, "Oh, we're not going to charge you until it gets funded," is that it was like, "Oh, we're, you can go ahead and buy it now. Hold on to right. two hundred and fifty dollars." So I think that kind of sucked, and that kind of gave them, you know, people a bad taste in their mouth. Um, but I, I think. I think if it gets to like four thousand, they need to just be like, you know what. We're gonna throw in all the bonuses. Yep. Like forget you know the, what? Like forget, you, the re, forget the stretch goals. We're giving. Yeah. Everything. If we get to if we get to five thousand, we're gonna throw in everything. Because I'm just gonna tell you right now, to get to eight thousand only to unlock some ring skirts like that does nothing for me. Like I, you know, I want this thing yep. to get funded. I think the I think the doink and the diesel and the macho man are definitely worth the price of admission, especially as we've yeah. seen with the the price of ultimate editions as of late. Um, I think it'll and they're super exclusive. So. It's worth it, but yeah, they they need to just go ahead and throw in that doink and the yeah. uh, the ring skirts at five thousand because I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, last week, I mean, the ring skirts, whatever, I could do without the ring skirts. I think the last week, if they throw in doink at five thousand, I I think we'll get it, man. I think that's going to be key, yeah, though. I think um, so. They with the the tweaks we've been seeing and the fact that they're continuing to press on this, they're definitely committed to making this thing a success. So credit to them. Obviously, we talked about it last week. They definitely stumbled out of the gate for a few different reasons, um, but they're doing what they can to make this thing a success. Yeah. So I just, I, you know, if you got the money, support it, man. Obviously, I just have a bad, I just have a bad feeling that after um, 
after the 13th, people are going to be less likely to, like, if it doesn't get a big push within the next, like, six days, people are going to be really unlikely to fund it because they're going to be like, well, I missed that on the ultimate edition. I'm going to pay the same, and I don't yeah. get the Macho Man and the announce table. They you can know always what I mean? extend so, it. I think they should extend yeah, it until the 16th because a lot of people get paid on the 1st and 15th, man. So True, maybe yeah. extend it until the 16th. Maybe you can get a boost there on the 15th. So. Or add it's, something. It's definitely going to take yeah. – it, we're at the point where they have to consider every little detail because I think yes. it's going to take – Everything breaking just right to hit uh, to hit five thousand. I, I think seven and eight thousand are out of the question at this point, but it could still hit five thousand if uh, everything breaks right. Also, so. can I just add? I don't. I can't remember if we had discussed this or not, but I feel like this was a really big jump for their first crowdsourcing project. I it feel was. like maybe they should have just crowdsourced a like an exclusive Ultimate Edition figure. I feel like that would have been yeah, a better like starting small. point, or maybe some like bonuses. You know what I mean? Like you could have thrown in some extras here and there. But um, I feel like doing the whole ring and the you know the entrance way and all that stuff, or maybe just a figure in the entrance way would have maybe been a really yeah. great crowdsourcing. Maybe you know, Diesel in the entrance. Stage would have been uh the way to go yeah i just yeah. feel like uh they they really shot for the stars you know like uh yeah it was the for the yeah. moon. they really shot for the moon i still think uh, that diesel's a problem too man i think there's there's cooler diesels you could have done with like the silver top or with the dice on the mm. pants like that was literally the most i mean it's still a cool figure don't get me wrong but it is the most plain jane diesel that we could have diesel we could have went with too Diesel with the mullet. Yeah, I think uh, I can't remember who I saw. Somebody online posted. They basically should they should have had this where eventually you could make like the WrestleMania 10 ladder match. Have Ultimate Edition Diesel from WrestleMania mm. 10 be the first one, and then have Sean and Razor be the stretch Razor. goals. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can yeah. include a ladder or something. Um, yeah. So I don't know. We're rooting for it. We're keeping tabs on yeah. it. I literally check it every single day to see where it's at. And again, I encourage you guys, if you're listening to go and support this thing, I do want to give a shout out our local, um, like vintage slash collectors toy store, yester toy seven, five, seven. You can find them on Instagram at that tag. Uh, I was talking to the owner today. Who's a, uh, you know, a longtime wrestling fan and he has backed 10 of these things. Cause it is going to wow. have some serious resale value. If you look at, there's rings that are way lesser quality than this one that have near, doubled in value within a year of their release. Um, you got to think it's going to be 2022 before this thing ships. So you're going to have a ton of new collectors entering the, uh, you know, entering the game in that time that missed out on the crowdfunding. And then you're going to have people who just change their mind, you know, or once they see it, uh, you know, in hand and stuff and see all the ultimate editions in the packaging, they're going to want to get in on this. So, I if this thing gets close at the end, I'm going to go ahead and buy two and have one to resell and just get my money back on it. You know, because yeah. I think I've, I think you could definitely get 500 bucks for this set, uh, whether you sell it as all as one piece or if you if you piece it out, you could probably actually get even a little bit more. So, um, yeah. And yeah, going with dude, find some people who want different things than you and go in with your buddies. Like if you're an ultimate, like if some, yeah. one of your buddies wants the ring, like and then you want the Somebody ultimate edition. Yeah, dude, freaking go in and back this thing and then divide it up however you want, you know, and I think there's there's some because I saw some people doing that like, hey, I'm going to get the ring. Does anybody want the figures, you know, and we can go in on this. Uh, so I think that's a really good idea, too. Yeah. Think about this. Action figure attack has said if this thing's a success, literally anything you've ever dreamed of as a figure collector is possible. But we got to get off the ground floor with this first one. Yeah. Um, let's move on to our next topic. Yeah. Brian Pillman has been added to the zombie sailor heels and faces line. Um, everything I've heard sounds like it's going to be the loose cannon version. Have you heard anything different, Marco? Yep. No. Or, or um, are we expecting loose it, cannon? It does look like it, they announced it. As, yeah, they announced it as the uh, loose cannon. It looks like um, Brian Pillman Jr. actually did the the introduction uh, video for it. So 
It looks yeah, like it's going to be the loose cannon um, Brian Pillman. So that's awesome. I'm, I'm curious to that's see what cool, design we got they go the, with. We got flying um, Brian. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just curious to see what design that they go with. If they're going to go with like the ECW, um, where he had that like T-shirt, that infamous T-shirt that he had with the vest and all that stuff. They're going to go with that that design, yep. but we'll see. But yeah, I'm so I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah, I'm glad they're going with Loose Cannon. We already have a really, really badass Flying Brian figure in the WCW Galoob line that fits in well with the uh, with yep. the Hasbro. So, so yeah, should be pretty cool. Um, Bobby Eaton, beautiful Bobby Eaton. He passed away this week at the uh, young age of 62. Everybody was very sad to hear that. It was actually uh, just a little bit less than two weeks since his wife passed away. So. That's that's rough, man. This dude that was one of rough. the best tag team wrestlers of all time. I think he's somebody that any up and coming uh, wrestlers in training could watch his work. If you want to see somebody who just really had the fundamentals down pat and knew how to just knew how to get over within the course of a match. Um, sad to see him go. He only has two figures that have come out. Uh, there's a there was a great Midnight Express um, classic superstars release from Jax. And then he had a, uh, a pint sized all star, which is basically <laughs> like the uh, the off brand micro brawlers. Uh, yeah. Sheena, I'll kick it to you. Which What is the best beautiful Bobby Eaton figure ever made? It's got to be the Jax classic superstars, right? I mean, the, yeah. I mean, the micro brawler, I mean, that, or like style figure like that's cool. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, any definitive figure that is in some semblance of scale um, like that, I think is going to be the winner for me. But yeah, looks awesome. Yeah. And those figures look great in box too. I don't know. Yeah, they're, I love they're those superstars decent. too packed. Yeah, yeah, they're decent. You know, loose, but in box they look really good. A Midnight Express set is yeah. definitely overdue. I think we need to get all three of them. Um, with uh, you know Bobby Eaton, Stan Lane, and Dennis Condry. And if you really want to set it off, throw in a Jim Cornette with them. Uh, Marco, if this thing was going to happen, would you rather see Mattel or Jazzwares execute it? Um, I'm going to go with Jazzwares, um, only just a piggyback off of the uh, Jax Classic Superstars because a friend of the show, Jeremy Padauer, uh, would be behind you know the inception of these figures. So um, I think he would do it justice, essentially, making um, making that happen. So yeah, I would definitely go with uh, Jazzwares over um, Mattel. No, no, no shot to Mattel at all, but they haven't, they haven't made one yet. Um, and his last figure was a Jax classic. And, you know, I think you just go with the, the person that that's familiar with the, that figure. So I'm going with uh, Jazzwares. Yeah, that. I tend to, I tend to agree. Jazzwares yeah, has I been a little so. bit more creative with the, uh, with the soft goods and stuff too. So I think that'd be the way to go. Um, let's get into weekly purchases. So I'll start again. Uh, we are on YouTube now, so there's a visual component to it so we can show you what we've gotten. I'll kick it off with some old school figures. I have WCW Galoob. You know, we told you we started the collection back up, starting off with Sting with the belt. Got a Barry Windham right here and Arn Anderson. Man, both these things are like super minty. This Arn Anderson, I don't know when this thing was opened up. There's like no paint loss. You see that beautiful bald spot on the back of the head. Sheena was, yeah. uh, Sheena got a good kick out of that, you know, that they actually included that big ass bald <laughs> yeah. spot on Arn's head. Right. They do that. Details. Like, just give him a break. Details, dude. Pal. And it wasn't even like shaded in, dude. Or any, it wasn't even like, it's it was, just, it's just like a hole. It's a yeah. bald. He's right. got like the yeah. Friar Tuck haircut going here. Authentic. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, but these galoobs are so great, man. <laughs> I, again, I wish we need to do some, some deep dive research and figure out who was like the sculptor on these because 
some of some of these galoobs are still like the best head scans these wrestlers have ever had. I love the Sting. Um, and, and yeah, these are no different. So I, I'm putting together the whole collection. Now I'm three figures into it and I'm going to keep it going. And then I grabbed um, some Legends. So got Legends Bam Bam. This is why I was at Yester Toys. You guys heard me talking about uh, him back in 10 rings. So the Bam Bam is pretty cool. I actually really got this just for the ECW TV belt. Um, I have the original Legends Bam Bam. That's like the Bam Bam in my collection. And I don't think I need a black yeah. and gray one, but still really cool. Macho Man. This figure is beautiful. Enough said. Pink awesome. Kites. I didn't get the chase. I'm not really hunting for that one. Uh, I just like the pink tight ones. Again, it's so cool that he actually comes with the, uh, you know, the coffee creamer, creamer. Uh, from the legendary yeah. promo. And then the best figure Ooh. from this legend set, Scott Hall, man. This dude's awesome. Wolfpack Scott Hall. Got the black and red, the bandana. I think I'm going to grab, uh, you know, the Hangman Page beer cups from uh, his unrivaled Series 5 <laughs> so I can make, you know, last, last call Scott Hall when he was working that gimmick. Last very very cool Scott. though loving the legends line um uh, oh, sheena scored all of legends 12 on the the target pre-order so those will be coming in soon and then sheena's got a really really cool weekly purchase to show you oh uh, yeah check out the ecto one so, so our son get- brett has become just straight up eat up with uh obsessed ghostbusters yeah he's obsessed degree. all he wants to do is and watch it, uh- Dude, I don't know if we've we've talked about this on the show, but it, like it's this goes to show you the power of a single action figure. So Seth had secretly been wanting this stuff. He he'd been secretly wanting to get like the Kenner, um, Kenner classics, stuff, the Kenner classic yeah. Ghostbusters, you know. But he was like, I don't know, like what, what are we going to add another thing to our collection or whatever. Well, he took our daughter Stella to Target with him one day. She was wearing Brett's Walmart, old Walmart. Walmart, sorry, Walmart. She she was wearing Brett's old uh, Ghostbusters hoodie, you know, and had it zipped up. It was the first time Seth had seen the Stay Puffed. Like, I guess you have, was it any of them were just Stay Puffed that you? Had I had been? seen the Ghostbusters. I'd never seen Stay Puffed on the pegs though. And when I saw yeah. Stay Puffed, I was like, you know what? I got to get this thing. So he saw Stay Puffed on the pegs, and he he got it. He's <laughs> like, I got it for Stella. I just felt like it was a sign, you know, that uh, she was wearing the Ghostbusters hoodie, and it was the first time I'd seen Stay Puffed. So I went ahead and got it for. Her. Well, Brett found it, and he just fell in love with this Stay Puffed figure, right? So then we were like, well, we got to show him who Stay Puffed actually is. So we showed him like that last little like six minute segment of Ghostbusters one where he's just like, you know, like taking over the city and whatnot. And, and, and he was just enthralled. So then he became obsessed and he watched that clip like over and over. So finally we're like, we got to watch the whole movie. Now he's in love with like the whole movie wants to watch it every single day, plays with his Ghostbusters toys. So for his birthday, we've loaded up on all of the Kenner classics toys by Hasbro. We got him the Ecto one. Sorry if I'm not, you can't hear me on my mic, but yeah, we got him the Ecto one. Um, and then we got him. Turn it around. Show him that box art on the front, Shane. Oh, yeah. So it's beautiful. I mean, it's an, an exact recreation of, you know, the 1980s style. Figures. And it looks wow. Holy crap. The, yeah. 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 Whoa. My mom, my mom, uh, I sent her a picture of it because I was obsessed with Ghostbusters as a kid, too. And my mom was like, where did you guys find that? Like, she thought it was like the, you the, know, original. the original one. But it yeah, exactly it's really like cool. It. Yeah, that's insane. It is cool. And um Seth, you know, like she like he said, Seth was really obsessed with Ghostbusters. So Seth's loving that Brett is obsessed with Ghostbusters. Seth's parents are loving that Brett is obsessed with Ghostbusters because it's just like super nostalgic. But this thing is really cool. It's got like the little guy who trails behind it. And then, you know, when you push it, the wheels roll up and he like sucks into the inside. And, you know, it's got the little um seat up top and you know, doors all open. So cool, super cool Ecto one toy. And that's it for weekly purchases for us. Marco, what all did you grab this week, man? 
Um, I got my uh, I got my package from from the one Seth Phelps with uh <laughs> with uh Oscar from the series eighty seven Oscar, which is probably going to be my cool replacement figure. Oscar for the other ones. I have the they have the other Oscar figure, so this one's going to be probably the replacement one. Um, this is pretty awesome. The uh the the network spotlight one's pretty amazing too. So I'm not sure if I want to give it up just yet, but we'll we'll see. But that that's probably going to be the the main Oscars I, that I display, and then the greatest LJN. Obviously, that was created in, on oh God's green earth. God, dude. I showed us earlier. Is this Cody I'm killing you right feed. there? Marco's video feed's about to go dark <laughs> for those watching on YouTube right now. Um, for those that don't know, it is actually LJN. They actually did make it. I don't know if I can get up close there. It's see the little LJN logo. So in yeah. partnership with Jazzwares, um, it does come with a poster. And everything just like an old LJ and wood cut out on the back. Packaging is beautiful. Cut out card too. Yeah. Packaging's awesome. And I if wish you, it was just a I skosh mean, a bigger. Collector, if it was just a skosh bigger, it'd be perfect. Yeah, if you're if you're a real collector of the we'll say AEW uh LJNs, you'll definitely try to get this one in your hands oh, as well. So you can yes. put all three yeah. of them together. You can get the uh nice. the, the Bucks and uh Cody together. Um, and this was like an, all, we had those. We gave them LG. to the baby face. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I yeah. didn't get that in uh, in my weekly purchases, but I just want to throw that out there. Uh, my other yeah, two figures I got. Uh... Go ahead. Yeah, they finally Ultimate Editions showed up. Nice, Roxena. I haven't opened him up yet. I really love that rock um, figure, man. I just... Yeah, he's like jacked. Like they actually. They probably went on his Instagram and got some pictures because he looks exactly <laughs> like how he does on Instagram right now. He's just freaking a monster uh, when it comes to muscles. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that's pretty much it. I, I'm still waiting on my uh, unmatched series that should be hitting pretty soon. So maybe next week I'll be able to show those. But and I'll, that'll be another. I'll have two Cody LJNs. That's like, I mean, who else? I mean that's a, that's being a Cody fan right there. I mean, wow that uh, that unmatched I mean, series was good, but we still got to solve the mystery of what happened to Miro's chest hair. Man, the the bare chest Miro just does not work. Oh really? He has no chest hair on this. No I chest mean, hair, man. I, that's what I you wow. know. At first, I was kind of bugged. Everybody was calling out about the arms being too long, but I could deal with that. But I was like, there's still something missing. And yeah, I think it's the lack of chest hair, man. Just really kills. He does have figure, long but, arms though. I mean, that's uh, not I'll, like I'll a, let you judge it. He doesn't really. Hand. Let's uh, let's hear arms, so from. Huge <laughs> Wait till you see the figure. I mean, his arms are like really long, dude. Like stretch arms strong. Skeletor. <laughs> let's uh let's hear from Extra Cooler. Hey everyone, it's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show, where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. Keeping It Tranquilo is where we give you some entertainment recommendations for something outside of the ring and sometimes completely outside of the world of professional wrestling. This segment is brought to you by Verb Energy because sometimes keeping it tranquilo can be exhausting. 
Verb is your delicious 90-calorie snack bar to help you get through your favorite binge-watching sesh. Hit the link in our show notes to save some money and get your Verb starter pack for only $12. Now, let's get tranquilo. Yeah, Verb bars are delicious and energizing. And again, you can find those in the show notes along with any of the other uh, partners we've mentioned so far tonight. Um, we're going to go triple threat with you guys on tran- on keeping it tranquilo this week. We're going to give you something to listen to, something to watch, and something to eat. So I'll kick it mm. off with a podcast recommendation, Spectacular Failures. Uh, I've mentioned a few times on here I'm a business major, but you don't got to be a business major to enjoy this show. This is... They kind of just do little like 45 minute deep dives into businesses that seemed really good on the surface and for whatever reason just ended up spiraling out of control and failing. Um, sometimes it'll be something that, you know, started to fail and then bounce back. Just interesting stories from the world of business. Um, so check it out. Me and Sheena recently listened to the episode on Blue Apron. Um, they got stuff about Movie Pass. You guys remember when that was real big a couple mm-hmm. years ago? It was the subscription service where you could pay. Like I think the price got down to like 10 bucks a month and go to unlimited movies. And it was just, you know, they were, they had a ton of subscribers, but they were just bleeding cash every single month. Um, So just different stuff. There's one about a Christian theme park, uh, believe it or not, that they tried to get off the ground back in the eighties. So yeah, spectacular failures. You can, (laughs) you can find it pretty much anywhere you, uh, you find podcasts and it's, uh, it's definitely a pretty interesting listen. So Marco, tell us about fear street. Oh man, I'm actually kind of interested in that Christian theme park. I know. So, yeah, I think it was. I think it was either the first or second episode of Spectacular Failure. So if you're gonna start, start on that one because it's pretty damn good. You have like the cross ride. You like go down. Like it's almost like a log <laughs> flume, but everybody's riding a big cross. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You're just yeah, oh, you're we're about to get canceled. Like, let's let's, yeah, let's, 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 let's keep yeah, it moving. <laughs> You go on a boat and like it, the sea split and just go through yeah. the it's not a water ride <gasps> it at all. It could just be like the cool. Red Sea. Uh, yeah, you just yes. go through like a, like burning bushes on both water. sides. Yeah, it'd be sick. Okay, be we should awesome. build the Christian theme park, dude. We, we need to make it happen. <laughs> the first, first and last uh, episode right now. <laughs> yeah. for us. Um, but no, so uh, so Fair Street, uh, Netflix. It's a, it's a. Uh, mi- you want to call it a mini series? Not really. I mean, it's a. I think it's like three yeah, we'll say. Yeah, it's an anthology, a three movie anthology. Um, if you're familiar, I mean, we're probably dating ourselves, but R.L. Stein, if you're our age, you know who that is. He's pretty much yep. uh, young adult Stephen King. Um, he has uh, these books called Goosebumps, if you've never heard of them before. Um, I've sure read every if, Goosebumps. You know, they, they, they did some things. I mean, they yeah, may have Goose, a couple Goosebumps was out, like Bud you know. Light and Fear Street was like a, you know, a nice double IPA. It, well, it was yeah, different. Yeah. They Fear were for Street different. Like, they were for different audiences. I think. I feel like yeah. el- elementary age kids were supposed to read Goosebumps, and then Goosebumps. it was more of a middle a middle school age that yes, was like exactly. ready for Fear Street. Yeah, for high schoolers, they were junior high, for, high schoolers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still read them when I was in junior high and high school. I still read Goosebumps, yeah. so I didn't really care at all. But uh, anyway, yeah. So I don't. Without giving any, anything away, I don't, don't want to give anything away. But Fair Street, um, it focuses on this town, uh, two towns. Uh, basically one is very prosperous and rich and the other one just has just bad things happen to it all the time. Um, and it, it's all based on this one woman or this one witch that was uh, hung. Um, obviously witch trials and stuff like that. If you were any type of, any type of like weird thing back in the 1600s, you were cast as a witch and you were, you know, burned at the stake or hung. I would have so, definitely been a witch. 
They'd be burning my ass up. Um, They'd be like, oh, hell no. You got them essential oils and you got like freaking, you know, smudges and you're smudging your house up. Like this, this the this way you dress. Yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's should, like, you know, yeah. eating herbs. Marco yeah. said the way he dressed. The way he dressed back then. Yeah. They definitely would have, uh, they would definitely would have, uh, cast you somewhere Mar- else. Marco, Marco, <laughs> she's hard on Chick Foley's wardrobe. <laughs> She is a Cantabay affiliate, dude. I've been telling her we need to get we need to get Cantabay to sponsor some of our segments, man. But she doesn't think there's oh, much definitely. of a crossover between the the wrestling <laughs> yeah, audience. Like, if, like, if any of you wrestling nerds, listen. If any of you wrestling nerds out there have like you know um, wives or girlfriends that are crunchy or if? boho, no, just say wrestling that. I feel like you just stereotype wrestling fans as a bunch of single guys living in their basements, man. No, I'm. Not- Majority are. I was are. assuming that they didn't have partners. It seemed like, it seemed I was like assuming you put a big if did... on it. You were like, if you guys have if, you have a girl, if you've ever seen yeah. a girl that ever is not what I said. That is <laughs> yeah. not what I said. First of all, if you spoke to a female before, <laughs> if you've ever heard a female voice or seen a woman no, in real life, is, I mean, trust me, believe me, there's a whole crop of basement dwellers out there that are trolling the hell out of the internet, and they don't deserve the time of day. I'm talking to the wrestling yeah. fan. I know. I I was saying if there if your wife is into there you go like boho boho <laughs> type stuff and she's kind of crunchy and kind of hippie and you know loves free people and anthropology and things like that like sh- she would probably dig Cantha Bay but I was not assuming <laughs> that wrestling fans did not have spouses and or partners okay <laughs> clearly yeah. we know that that's not true that's up a debate that's a that's a turnbuckle debate. That's yeah. topic. I think we can. Uh, we'll, we'll bring we that to do. the tavern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We checked um, out. We've watched the trailers of Fear Street. It's definitely on our list of stuff to watch. It looks yeah. like it's yeah, it looks it looks awesome. It's it's definitely awesome. Um, it, the last movie, which is based in 1666, which is basically like the the beginnings of everything. Um, at first, it's just like I don't want to watch like old timey, you know, horror stuff. But it it it, it actually flows really well. And there's like kind of like a a twist towards the middle of it. Which you're, which you're not expecting. So yeah, definitely watch all three if you have the time. My uh, yeah. my wife and I just like picked days that we were gonna watch it. We didn't you know binge watch it at all. We like kind of like picked a night that we we're gonna watch one of them, and then you know maybe next week the other. So yeah, it's a uh, it's about six hours of things to digest. So definitely plan accordingly, and if, especially if you have kids, you want to make sure. It's past bedtime. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can't believe that. Marco called my clothing witch clothing. <laughs> it's, uh-huh. it, I mean, back in the day, yeah, definitely I mean, the way you dress. Which is <laughs> all right. So we're gonna let Sheena close it out. Um, you guys know we're uh, we're big foodies over here. Popeyes is a longtime favorite of the Chick Foley Show. They may be the unofficial <laughs> restaurant of the Chick Foley Show, Can and this we? week. Yeah. Nationwide, they've been in testing in a few locations for a few months, but nationwide they have debuted their brand new chicken nuggets. Sheena. We had them last night for dinner. Give us your review of Popeye's Nuggies. So, you know, the Popeye's last summer set the freaking, started the chicken wars. Among that was two all. years ago. Oh, man. Was that two years ago? I thought that was 2020. That was summer 2019. Was oh, yeah, it? I was still pregnant. That's right. You're, yeah. you're absolutely correct. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're no, no, um, um, newbies to start starting the chicken wars but there's however, a video on uh there's a video on youtube if you go to the chick-fil-a youtube where you can see sheena do a triple taste test of chick-fil-a's classic chicken sandwich the brand new popeye's chicken sandwich and a product that actually never made it out of testing the uh, kfc had a crispy cream chicken sandwich that uh they were testing we were lucky enough that it was in the tidewater virginia area that was yeah. in testing and we got to try it so uh, yeah, check that out on the YouTube when, whenever you watch this episode. 
Yeah. So the the chicken nuggets, you know, Popeyes is uh, known for having that like super like buttermilky type, like crispy, flaky crust. Like it's got like mm. little, you know, chicken crumbles on there. Very you know crunchy. what I mean? Very, very crunchy. Um, and it's the the nuggets have that. They're good. They're breast meat. You know, there's not they're not like pink slime. They're they're full breast meat. The thing that they're missing though. Like, I, I don't know what I was expecting from Popeye's. I wanted them to be a little bit more spicy. I wanted them to have a little bit of flavor. There was no salt, mm. no pepper, maybe just a little bit of something, but they definitely need a sauce. I feel like they need to go back to the drawing board and just kick it up a notch because the, the nugget was good. I didn't have any problems with like the, the size of the nugget. If you ever had their chicken tenders, it's basically same like flavor. their chicken, same yeah. flavor yeah. profile. You know, it's just chopped up into like nugget size. They needed so to either give it, a, like you said, either give it a unique flavor or offer yeah. it. If it's going to be directly like derived from the tenders, they should have had mild and spicy options. Yeah, um, um, because yeah. they're good. They get the job done. Again, if you're looking for very a whole tasty, breast meat nugget. Yeah, they were tasty. But, but they didn't change the game. Popeyes was talking cash shit. They said that yes. these nuggets, were they're about to change the game the same, the same way that the chicken sandwich did. And it didn't do that, but they were really good. Yeah, they were really good. Again, I would recommend them. Um, but uh, I, if you try them, just know that just because just because I'm white, I didn't think they were good because they needed a little more spice. You know what I mean? Even myself as a as you know a white chick, I was like, you got to kick these up a notch, dude. You know what I mean? Like we got to have some more spice. So uh, definitely try the Popeyes chicken nuggets while you were out and about. All right, Sheen, we got some listener mail. Oh yeah. All right, our first piece of mail comes in from our buddy Justin Frank at Inring Art on Instagram. He says, "What's your favorite Air Jordan of all time?" I'm an Air Jordan Six guy myself, so I'll kick it to Seth first. So um, I'm gonna. I always get on to Sheena for doing this anytime. Uh, no, you know, don't, we pick don't two. We, nope. The show is not two. scripted, but we do. I do send out a format to Sheena and Marco <laughs> so they know like the discussion topics I'm going to tee up. And anytime we have like, you know, any sort of pick one question, Sheena likes to like list off like the top five or six options. Like, you know, she doesn't leave any meat on the bone for anybody else to have something to talk about. But I'm going to pick two right here. My all time (laughs) favorite sneaker is the Space Jam 11. I just love that shoe. The aesthetics of it, the nostalgia from Space Jam, um, and the nostalgia in our relationship. It was one yeah, of the Sheena first got nice that gifts. for me. Uh, yeah, that was my second birthday that we were dating. Sheena got that for me for my birthday. Um, so that's my all-time favorite sneaker. But I've worn the black and cement threes a ton, man. The uh, that's the just the regular baseline Jordan threes. Um, I've actually been around the world with those shoes on my feet, like legit. I have crossed every every line of longitude on earth with those shoes on my, uh, on my feet, man, b- between various, uh, flights and stuff that I've taken. And that's kind of like my daily driver, you know, like when in doubt, if I don't know what to wear, I'm rocking those. I got a pair from 2011 that literally the sole is, uh, starting to become detached from the upper cause I've worn them so much. So, uh, Damn. that's my two picks, man. Um, yeah. Uh, Marco, how about you? Huh? This is actually hard to decide. Um, but I'm gonna go with the uh, four, Air Jordan fours, um, mainly because they're my first. I think they're my first pair that I ever got of uh, Air Jordans. Just the, just the look, the all black with the flight handwritten on the tongue. Oh yeah, the uh, with the gray. It's it yeah, they're, they're just iconic in, in my yeah, eyes. Just, beautiful shoes. Like yeah. They're my first pair ever, and it, like like just much much like you, I wore them like till they were pretty much unwearable so yeah <laughs> playing basketball with them just 
going nuts. Yeah. No, those are definitely <laughs> so my favorite. There's a, there's a couple that I like. I didn't play basketball in any any of the ones that I wore. Like, I, I don't if you if you're new to the show, you probably don't know. Seth and I used to be hardcore sneaker collectors before. We've always got to have a collection going of some sort. Before we were in the figure game, we were deep in the sneaker game. I had over 200 game. pairs of uh, like, you know, highly sought after collectible and Seth, sneakers. And Seth and I wear the same size shoe. So it was like, it was perfect because we could just collect, you know, you only had to get one of each shoe. If you look on shoe. our Bret Hart shelf i literally i got the the pink foam posits signed by brett hart yeah. man like yeah. that was kind of like me like a pretty bringing awesome. together both of my passions in life yeah brett loves sneakers too which speaking of brett i was gonna say i, I love the concords first of all i have a really funny memory of the concords of us standing in line the concord 11s uh what camping out with my brother-in-law my sister seth and myself and us just running to Foot Locker after they opened the door it was like it was like two days before christmas eve it's so um, stupid. It was so stupid. Yeah, because like no, now the they way do, they I did the release, they it was literally a track meet, man. So they let us. They we had everybody gathered up outside the mall in the cold. So we had pole position. Damn. You know, we were st- we were right at the door when they opened up. But then it was just a straight up foot race to get Cattle to uh, to get the <laughs> foot locker, man. I was wearing Uggs because it was freezing outside. I lost a boot and I, I still kept running. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Seth found my she boot. ran in a Ugg and a barefoot to foot locker, man. <laughs> that's funny so I got there. Foot. yeah so i got that and I'm, I'm also partial to the concords because i'm convinced that tinker hatfield uh copied bret hart's boots for the inspiration for the the concord 11s because it's that okay. bla- it's the black patent leather with the white upper um and if you're it's if you ever cut. look at it's the exact same cut if you ever look at bret hart's boot and you look at the concord 11 it, it is identical so huh. that's probably my favorite and then a close second i love the raging bull fives the i don't know why i was so nostalgic like why i love those so much because they're kind of just a one-off um and they came in like a pack up in like 2009 i believe it was like a pair of black fives that were like leather and then these had red suede um and they just look tough as hell dude so i always I, love, I love those too because whenever i started selling off my collection i actually got like 800 bucks for that pair of shoes so yeah Damn, dude they still, they're still going for like i think they aren't they about to re-release those they re-released um, those earlier this year so oh they did re-release them the already value the ogs but yeah yeah but yeah I'm, the, I'm every, every time i would every time i would wear those i would get like compliments out the wazoo they'd be like oh damn you know so <laughs> i i love those those shoes so thanks for that question justin Next comes in from Sam Rosenthal. He says, what independent shows do you guys go to or have been to? And I'm going to have to go ahead and answer that and say. So for my independent shows is whatever, whatever used to run in the VFW hall in Morgantown, Kentucky, back in the early 90s. I don't got a lot of (laughs) indie wrestling cred. I keep up with it and I respect the hell out of it, but I really don't go to the shows. Um, The kids are getting to the point now where we can have babysitters. So. Maybe I'll look. I don't know if I really don't know if there's an indie scene here in the Tidewater area. There's some, yeah, because when I went to SmackDown, um, there was a guy who hit me up. He like saw my my jacket, um, and uh, my Bobby the Brain Heenan jacket. And he came up and was like talking to me and stuff, and he was telling me about all the the indie scene around here and stuff. So yeah, there so is I'm, one. But. I might check it out because that that would be pretty cool to get an indie to latch on to. But uh, but no, I haven't been to a lot of indie shows in my lifetime. How about you, Marco? No, uh, yeah, no, not really. Marco. Not many yeah. uh, indie shows. I think Marco's in, got in, a little bit of a delay. In my area, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Sam. I wish we could. I wish we could have went deeper on that for you. Um, Zach Hertzler says, "What's your favorite ice cream flavor?" I'm gonna kick it off. I gotta go with mint chocolate chip, just like Michael Scott. <laughs> if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with like raspberry sherbet. 
Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Marco, favorite ice cream? Yeah, no, mine's mint chocolate chip as well. That's always oh, a go-to Marco. on a cone. I knew, I knew you and I. Oh, so good. Same. Uh, Johnny right, JB. So great. Okay, well, we already talked about Johnny JB's. I just want to acknowledge that he sent in a question. He asked about if, if we backed the new gin arena. Yes, we did. Um, and then Francis Marino says, um, do you think it's fair for collectors who collect everything MOC for loose collectors to tell other collectors to let them breathe now. Yes, um, I don't mean I don't mean fair. collectors <laughs> that they have a few pieces MOC. I mean the ones that literally buy two of every figure. So I mean, if you buy two, it then is- yeah, there's there's no point in opening up both of them. But if you're only buying one, dude, open them up, man. You're gonna enjoy your collection so much more. I mean, if you're buying them for an investment, sure, keep them MOC. But if you're doing it for the love of the game, <laughs> open these figures up. I promise you, like. I would damn near guarantee it. You will enjoy these figures so much more if you open them up and, you know, pose yeah. them, look at them, just ha- hold them in your hands. You're going to enjoy it so much more than um, than keeping them in the box. You know, if, if it's an investment, if you're strictly doing this for, yeah, there you go, Marco. <laughs> if you're doing this for financial gain, then, yeah, uh, yeah. then yeah, sure, keep them in the box. But if you're doing it for the love of the game, open those babies up. I mean, just look at these guys, dude. I remember, so I've, I've been holding these glue figures ever since, you know, weekly purchases, which was 40 minutes ago. Uh, yeah. I, lo- I love these things, man. Yeah. Loose about, is the I, way to go. I think about too, all the people that do do loose and MOC, like, dude, you could have twice as many figures, like different characters of figures in your collection. If you would just choose a side. I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter whether you want to do MOC or loose, but, um, you're you're doubling your figure budget by doing that. You know what I mean? And I understand, yeah. trust me, I yeah. I understand that the box is part of the experience and the artwork is part of the experience and the packaging. They 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 put a lot of money and time and effort into packaging for figures. But at the at the end of the day, they are toys and they are meant to be played with. They are meant to be held. They are meant to be posed. The they literally Bill and then went in and gave us like all this additional articulation with these ultimate edition figures because they're meant to be played with, right? It, like the articulation doesn't matter. They could literally be basic figures if you're just keeping them in the package, right? Because they're never going to have to have yep. their elbows bent or their you know legs kicking. Yeah, <laughs> just make so, it LJN. Exactly. So um, I'm a I'm a proponent. I mean, I don't I think you should be able to collect yeah. however you want. I'll say I'm not I'm not going to bully anybody into collecting any certain way. But I definitely think that, um, you know, you're going to have more enjoyment from your collection if they are loose. All right, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. I am on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco's running the Twitter machine at Chick Foley Show. And then you can join our Foley fam at ChickFoleyShow.com. Make sure you guys subscribe and review. It helps us out. Remember to use code Chick Foley at Ringside Collectibles to save 10% on all your purchases. And shoot us a screenshot to have yourself listening to this week's show to enter the giveaway for the top picks, Drew McIntyre. Marco, you are the reigning, defending undisputed chick Foley show prediction champion give us this week's closing words uh yeah so i'm, uh, I'm gonna pick a quote from the uh from from uh bray wyatt from cult bray wyatt uh to to end the show and he says the wolf will never lose sleep worrying about the feelings of the sheep but no one ever told the sheep that they outnumber the wolves mm. that's a mic drop Thank <laughs> you.